Game Boys. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Lux, and I'm joining me as always is your co-host. He's got traces of graphite on the roof. It's Griffin Davis. Uh, yeah, no, don't go, don't worry, guys. Those are just rocks. Those are just normal <laughs> hot rocks. Yeah, classic hot rocks. Uh, turning up the rad levels. You know when rocks like make your brain hurt. You know when rocks glow green and you start growing <laughs> extra hands. Yeah. Um, it's those kind of rocks. Totally normal. Totally cool. Totally sure normal. Sure um, normal. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We're back in it. No one's hung over this time, baby. Um, but we're going to be dumb and bullshit before dumb and bullshit. Griffin, we have a cool guest. Why don't you tell everyone about who they are? <laughs> yes. We have an excellent guest this week on Game Boys. Uh, welcome to the podcast sketch comedian, Sarah Brown. Thanks for having me, Game Boys. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for, for coming, Thanks for Sarah. being on. Uh, I, of course, know you from the pack theater. Uh, you were, you were on my former sister team, Squish. Uh, mm-hmm. it's a very funny sketch comedy team. And then you also do, uh, a show, Super Dating Simulator. I absolutely uh, do. Which is kind of a, is it a, like, would it be fair to say it's a video game inspired show in some ways? Absolutely. Yeah. It's very much based in the genre of uh, dating sim video games. So, yeah. Amazing. Video- what, what kind of, what kind of dating sim video games are some of your favorites? Um, Definitely my horse prince comes to mind immediately just because talk oh my about God, what a talk game. about taking a form and just pushing its boundaries. Like <laughs> you want to have a romance? Fine, but it's a horse romance. <laughs> and you love this horse man with a human handsome face. So it's a horse body, but a human face. Yeah. Picture hmm. so it's like the horse body, horse neck, and at the end of that horse neck is a boy's face is it weird that i would prefer the reverse like a boy's body with a horse head i mean you just um, love bojack oh that's just the world you <laughs> I mean, live it would in make, it would it make more sense in damn some- i've been outed oh no i'm i'm <laughs> yeah. gamer scum yeah you just can't think outside the uh, the prescribed lines that uh rafael bob waxberg drew for your brain oh no lisa hannawalt drew for your brain yeah. she also drew tuca and birdie Oh, which sick. I've also been obsessed with. Yeah. Yeah. Is it good? It's really good. I like it. It's um, just a lot more like eccentric and surreal and weird than Bojack, which was already pretty weird to begin with. So big recommend. Yeah. Is it like Bojack, but without like the feeling like you're on like heroin? Like <laughs> less depression for sure. Okay. And yeah, much less dread. Episodes, but that is a big improvement. That's yeah. nice. That's nice. We, we all we all like that. It's like the fun dread. It's like the I don't really know what I'm doing dread, but less like. And that's because of my deep flaws as a human being and more of like, I don't know. It's hard to be. Well, you've been watching Two Converti. Me and Lux have been watching Chernobyl. Uh, that's what we've been watching this week. But guys, what have we been playing starting with Sarah this week? And if you haven't been playing anything, it can be a spiritual question. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, let's see. Obviously, I've got the game on the brain that we're here to talk about today. But besides sure. that, um, oh, shit. What's it called? Um, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but I just started playing this game. It looks like the word rhyme, but that's not what it is. It's mm. like R-I-M-E. It's like a puzzle game. Oh, hmm. yeah. I've seen that. I haven't yeah. watched it, but I, I haven't played it, but I've seen things about it. Yeah, I don't think it's pronounced rhyme. I think I'm fucking it up in a big way. I think it's like Remay or something. Okay, well, well, what do you remember about it? Um, it's a puzzle game. So it's like a cool, it kind of reminds me of like The Witness in the oh, sense nice. of like, you're just kind of like this little nonverbal like boy, you like wash up onto an island and 
you very much just like learn by doing intuitively and you have to like solve puzzles to like get through. So yeah, hmm. I've been liking that. I was a nonverbal boy for most of my life. So until I solved a lot of puzzles and spoke for the first time. So yeah, it's a pretty weird and wild setting too, to isn't that. it? It's like, like a really crazy, like Island castle situation. Yeah. 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 It looks very cool. Got to love a castle on an Island. Lux, what have you been playing this week? Um, I've been playing massive chalice again. How big, how, how big has it gotten? Oh, the well, chalice. Okay. Well, I'm doing it on hard this time, or I just beat it on hard this time. Um, so I guess like, I don't know, 18 to 20 feet tall, this chalice. Nice. It's pretty huge. Honestly, looking at it in the, in the final level, <laughs> it's big enough that it takes up four squares. Um, so I'm playing that and Magic the Gathering Arena. Um, I haven't had time to play anything new because it's PWR time. So I've just been shooting fucking videos and writing wrestling jokes. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, you so know, I haven't some- really had time to play a new game. Sometimes it's nice to not play a new game for a little well, bit. Actually, it's, that's not true, though, because I played the game we're talking about this week, I yeah. guess. But aside from that, I haven't that's played homework, like a, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although it was pretty fun. Yeah. No. Yeah. This one was good. Yeah. I this I really only played this in like Phoenix Wright like this week, too. I was watching a lot of TV. Yeah. Honestly, this week has felt like a real kind of like purgation period after miserable May. Yeah, like, I feel like I've just yeah. really been sort of getting hating video games out of my system. Because by the end of May, I was like pretty over them as like a thing that exists in the world no yeah it's yeah, like once you y'all play really Bubsy, signed yourselves up for that huh yeah oh, yeah we decided to do that totally together yeah it's, no it was my fault i think i announced it on a podcast oh, very cool. that yes, that is true what a fun <laughs> surprise for you yeah um but no i mean we did it and it was overall fun but i'm i'm starting to like video games again by just playing some classics one one more one more dating uh sim question uh, have you played dream daddy I haven't, but I am so f- I feel like I've absorbed it through my skin, through just like <laughs> everyone talking about it, which is amazing. Like, I'm so glad that this like very wholesome dating simulator like got so popular. So it's really it's good. Cool. Yeah, that one's really good. Have you played Doki Doki Literature Club? Because that was one of our early ones on the podcast. Yeah, I am a coward, so I haven't played it myself, okay, but fair. I have no. watched Let's Plays. No, it just, lives in my dreams. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's, very, it's, like an ex, it's an extremely spooky game. Well, it's one of those things that like tying into and I love this feels so cryptic. What we're talking about today is like I love things that mash like romance and horror because although I am a big coward, like mixing in those other things just makes it so interesting and so like i love the sort of genre bending thing so like i love that doki doki exists yeah that one's great but so then how does how does that's how like the games function how does your show function like like do are there new contestants every show like how does that work for sure so uh the way super dating simulator works is that the creator of the show sam weller noted madman hardworking genius writes a new dating simulator every month. So the way it works is we have like a modular script. So we have a protagonist, we have our romantic interests, we have side characters, and we write the script in a way that um, every about page or so, there's a decision point Hmm. that we ask our audience to make. They shout out the answer, very Rocky Horror. Mm -hmm. And then based on their answer, we'll have two different like dialogue tracks that we can follow. Mm -hmm. And then that also um, impacts an audience score. So we like narrate the script. We like go through the script. This is so much work. Yeah, this it is wild. Is. <laughs> like I like, and the fact that again, like Sam Weller, like makes these like original scripts every single month. It's incredible. It's amazing. I'm worried about him. Uh, <laughs> so like we navigate these like modular scripts and then we also have um, 
much like many video games, a f- couple different endings, and then we practice all of them. And then Holy whichever shit. whichever score the audience <laughs> receives corresponds to the ending that we play out live. So it's great. It's a ton of fun. Truly, like I've never been a part of anything like it, and I'm really excited to show people. Man, gotta yeah, get that, that sounds... true ending. Gotta keep playing. Yeah, to gotta get, get the true, true, true ending. ending. Hell yeah! Double secret ending. Double that, credits ending. S plus tier ending. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the game that you brought on has quite a lot of endings. It does. But I think before we get to any of that, we should get to the beginnings of when this game was made and hear a little bit a history about this game. Oh boy. In 2008, Japanese game studio Atlas was just finishing up production on what would soon to be the hit fantasy RPG Persona 4. A small team of veterans within Atlas wanted their next game to exist outside the traditional RPG structure of the other Persona games, and so they began working on Catherine, a challenging puzzle game with adult themes. It was their first high-definition game for PS3, which caused problems for the team and pushed back their entire development schedule. As the game approached the finish line in 2010, the studio had to face an entirely different problem, its content. The content in the game appeared so explicitly sexual that Japan did not give it a competitive age rating, and stores in America were unsure if they even wanted to have it on their shelves. In response, Atlas gathered together major retailers into a room and played them a montage of explicit clips from other games they currently sold at their stores. They then compared it with the sexuality in their own game and won the case. Catherine was released at all major retailers in 2011. Critics praised its unique storytelling while complaining about its excruciating difficulty and at times random enemy AI. This week, we're closing our door and shutting the blinds because we're playing Catherine. <laughs> I had no idea about that development history and it just makes me love this game more that it was almost too horny yeah for puzzles yeah I mean, <laughs> like phoenix righted their way out of it they did they yeah. won the case yeah, they, they objection lives actually objection and challenged their way to victory oh, mm-hmm. we have no choice but to stand mm-hmm. yeah it's such a good game um or at least such an interesting <laughs> at least such an interesting game oh um, yeah so Ooh. speaking of this game's interesting what was it like why why this game of all games uh, to bring on like what makes this game stand out as like the one that makes you go Ooh. I just love this game so much because of the things that really set it apart so first of all in general like puzzle games are my go-to I am really not I didn't have much experience with like RPGs growing up um, anything that's more like combat based has never really had much appeal to me so like anything that's like puzzle centric I love and then when you combine that with like the RPG elements of like storytelling with the horror elements with like this commitment to like a really fleshed out narrative it's a game that also feels like a movie and feels like a book and feels like a choose your own adventure it's it's really phenomenal so yeah I love it because there's like an emotional investment and just the level of like time and dedication to fleshing out these characters for the most part, which again, we'll get to, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I just love it like nothing else. And it stuck with me for a really long for, time. Totally. Yeah. This game, when I first started playing it, uh, gave me, ex- had an extreme Zach Braff energy um, <laughs> for like the first like couple hours. Wait, I- wait, wait, which Zach Braff though? Are we talking Garden State Zach Braff or are we talking Indiegogo Zach Braff? Kind of Garden State Zach Braff. It was just, okay. you know, I feel like that. this like <laughs> spineless little dweeb who yes. like, uh, like meets the magical special girl who like teaches him how to be less of a spineless dweeb. And it's all <laughs> his dumb wife's fault. But maybe yeah. actually that's bad. And for the while, for the first time, I was like, Ugh, yeah, like, like Ugh. mad early 2000s indie rom-com yeah, extreme vibe. Extreme energy. <laughs> um, and I just like, 
wasn't there for it. But as the game goes on, you like start to get into like the mechanics in like a deeper way. Like it fucking rips a lot of the time. Sometimes it's kind of gross, but sometimes it super (laughs) rips. And like any Japanese RPG, eventually you must kill God. Yes. Yeah. um, (laughs) I mean, it wouldn't, it truly wouldn't be a video game. Yeah. My my big takeaway before we get into any of the questions we like to ask for the game is like my big, Atlas always just like, no matter like the mistakes and flaws of the game, it just has like style and tone for days that Mm -hmm. sticks with you. Like all their games do. We've talked about Persona 5 on this podcast. This was a precursor to, to that and kind of like, was their test for t- making Persona 5. The bar looks almost exactly the same as the bar that you like has your main yes. hub in Persona 5. Uh, and it seems like that was kind of like their HD test for what Persona 5 they would be. They even like seeded it in Persona 4, I believe, because yeah. there's a character who taught like the what's his name? Vincent is in Persona 4. He's like a sad guy at a bar ah. and he talks about his pregnant <laughs> wife and everyone was like, what is this an allusion to? And it was like, oh, this game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like overall, just like, oh, yeah, man, I love I love this weird world they create, even despite the the weird horniness that goes down. Um, but anyways, uh, what is the story of this game? So uh, as we've mentioned, this centers on Vince, who Vince Vincent, who is a guy in his early 30s. He works a job he's not very enthusiastic about. He talks about like coding and bugs. He's obviously like a low level grunt. He's been with his long-term girlfriend, Catherine, with a K. Oof, that gives me Silent Hill 2 vibes. Hey, for about five years. And when the game opens, she's sitting him down in a cafe and she's like, listen, like my mom's bugging me. Everyone's bugging me. Like we've got to settle down. Like, what are you doing? And in a very Garden State way, he's like, oh, why do we have to change? Why can't things stay the same? And he goes to this bar, the straight sheep with his like buds and they're all griping about ugh, women and commitment (laughs) and just man, like shit's rough. And then after his friends leave, uh, this like smoking hot, like young blonde girl comes in. She's wearing this lacy white outfit. She does not fit in with like this dive bar scene. (laughs) And they start flirting. And then. That's, okay, this scene is crazy. Yeah. The scene yeah. where she appears in the bar yeah, is, is wild. Is, is so wild. Especially like, because it's like in that stylized like art design that you get for that, like that all Persona's game has. But like this is definitely testing for Persona 5. Like all of her movements are like so weirdly celestial in this like dirtbag yes. dungeon. Yeah. Um, it's super crazy. I love it. Yeah, she's like very anime. Like everyone else is like relatively normal. Everyone's looking. a human, and she's an anime girl. Yeah, yeah. like if you look at like Catherine with a K, that's gonna get fun over the course yeah. of this podcast. Like yeah. She's like she's very realistic. She's got this like long straight hair, whatever. She's a person. And then Catherine C has like these crazy drill curls. She's like literally just walking around in lingerie. Yeah, <laughs> like her proportions are insane. She's got like these like big big blue eyes. That yeah, like. From first glance, like she does not fit in with the rest of the and world. And she like instantly in like three lines of dialogue, like seduces him and yes. he like wakes up and he's like, oh, no, I cheated on my girlfriend. Exactly. And that's like the recurring theme is like this very average guy is like, man, it's so hard. These <laughs> two women love me. Uh, oh. it's, it's, it's like this epic like rom-com premise that used to exist that was always about like guys like like either like fucking too much or not getting to fuck like exactly like i remember there was a premise for one movie that was like guys like you, he he has 30 days where he's not allowed to fuck Wasn't that and 40 then, days and 40 nights 40, that, 40 days and 40 days and 40 nights or yeah. just like what i a, can't i can't i can't like bone 
phone for 40 days? Like, how is like an everyone's like, how is he going to get through this? <laughs> also, what uh, sidetrack insanely problematic movie. There's <laughs> um, some there's some like truly like retrospectively fucked up business in that movie. I have not seen it past the trailer, but oh, hey, there's buddy. a part where a girl like ties him down and tries to force him to have sex oh, with her during oh, I, the movie, I like, during his 40 this. days. He's like, yeah. I'm not having sex right now. And she's like, or are you? And it's like, this oh, sounds yikes. like an Atlas game. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so, so then we transition into the nightmare realm. Yes. So after, oh, and also like during his time in the bar, we've been hearing all these rumors about men dying in their sleep and rumors of a curse going around called women's wrath, which is women <laughs> whose partners have been unfaithful to them. <laughs> like this curse is being spread to all these unfaithful men. Imagine and hearing this casually in a bar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, imagine everyone in this bar is like, men keep dying and the rumor is they're cheating on their wives. And they're like, damn, that's crazy. Guess I'm going to go cheat on my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Vincent wakes up in this nightmare realm. He has He's only wearing his underwear and he's got these ram's horns on his head. And he's in this weird, like, quasi-church-like setting with all of these other sheep. And, like, you talk to a sheep and it immediately becomes clear that all these sheep are men. They see everybody else's sheep. They don't know where they are, but uh, he enters this like confessional booth where a voice tells him like, sucks to suck, bitch. Like you're in the nightmare <laughs> realm now. You're going to do what I'm going to say. And if you die in this dream, you die in real life. <laughs> God, I if like if anything happens in my entertainment career, I would just want to deliver that line once in like a movie <laughs> or like a TV show or a game. Like if you die in the game, you die right. in real it could life. Be the game <laughs> or in the dream. Yeah, yes. or like there's so many places you I'm can die picky. where you also die in real life, but you just want to get one of them out there. Oh, yeah. God, what an incredible mechanic. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you die in the game, you die in real life. Yes. Uh, stakes. OK, puzzles. Here we go. Yeah. So what the puzzle itself looks like, uh, the confessional booth transports you to um, what looks like a block tower. And the way it works is that you're looking in front of this tower that's made up of these like uh, 3D cube blocks. You have to climb that tower and to do so you can pull and push and twist the blocks to make staircases and you just have to do it in enough time where as you're moving up the tower, the blocks are falling out beneath you and also some hideous monster in the symbol of something symbolic is chasing you the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard. And it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, the first the first ones are pretty good. It, it like I think it, it scales pretty nicely. Like it never gets super easy, but they're all like it's pretty solvable once you like figure out how everything works, but they are yeah. tough, uh, tough to figure out, but they're super fun. And then the cool thing, what I like about this game, maybe my favorite like mechanical thing on this game is that throughout the game, you have conversations with people mm -hmm. and that determines your chaos and law scores, which like dictate your ending. And like one of the ways you do that is through texting and you like put together text messages like piece <laughs> yes. by piece and each piece has a corresponding score or whatever. And together like fills in your shit. And as you play through the game, like, the texts you send influence the texts you get back and what you say to people changes their lives. And like, if you say the wrong shit to people, they'll just die. Um, or <laughs> yeah, like disappear. Yeah, quick, quick tip. If you, if you leave uh Catherine with a C on read, you just win the game right there. You just get a game over. <laughs> you look at um, red and she's like, no, <laughs> the city collapses. Um, yeah, but the whole game is just like, it's basically just a series of like social interactions punctuated with this like variance on the same puzzle over and over again. And it's really fun. Sometimes gets really sketchy, 
about the way it talks about and treats women. Other times, oh seems yeah, like, we can go deep in the in the in the problems of Catherine. <laughs> but like, that's the thing; it has a lot of like weird political and like identity problems, but also has like some really compelling insights into like relationships and romance yeah. and people. And it's very like hard to suss out exactly how I feel about this game because, like, for instance, like the way that there are a couple of characters who are, like victims of abuse and the way it handles the mm-hmm. stories of their abuse and like the way that it plays out for them and their partners and like their development as people is like pretty deft and like shockingly (laughs) not offensive given the type of story it is right but then also it's like this like anime girl sends you pictures of like her sucking on her fingers and is like come on daddy and it's like ah what it's the ultimate conflict in these games that i can never solve i can never (laughs) get around i'm just like how how can you be both how can you do these like good stories and also have this element yeah and it's just like i don't know it's 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 the it's the it's the most version of that of what you just described. Like, yeah, lots of Japanese RPGs have this like tension of like, this is horny in a weird way, but also really cool. But this game's like capital H horny in a capital W weird way, but also like very cool capital V capital C about some other things. And it's like a real weird tension to navigate um, and a really interesting one up until basically the ending. And I'm not in love with the end of the game, which we can get into if you guys want to. Sure. So first, like, which ending? Oh, well, yeah, because there's a million. There's a million, but the reveal of the demon guy. Okay, yeah. Oh, so yeah, let's okay. get to the big, the big B. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Because that's, yeah. that's a, the, the end state endings are fine. It's like that that moment is the pro, is my beef. The love triangle stuff goes along until we are revealed that. Yeah. So basically, yeah, the love triangle progresses. I, like the central conflict of like, I think the game takes place over about uh, eight days, a little bit over a week. And it is sustained by the fact that Vincent is incapable of either breaking things off with either Catherine. And that's kind of presented like an insurmountable obstacle. He's like <laughs> he literally is unable to have a single conversation with either woman. <laughs> Anyways, so as that progresses, eventually it is revealed that this bar where you have been spending all of your time, the stray sheep, the owner, Mutton, very aptly named, um, is revealed to actually be... Uh, like this insane demon lord um, whose name I don't remember, but he is basically this like demon who takes the form of a shepherd and it is his job to like take the sheep and punish the sheep and the sheep, this case sheep being unfaithful men with the assistance of a succubus who is, of course, our blonde haired, insanely hot Catherine. The Catherine with a C. Catherine with a C. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is his. He's like the god. He's like the god of horniness or whatever. Exactly. God of shame or guilt the evil in men's horny hearts or something yeah you, know, so you, get, it, you get it <laughs> yeah like there's like a lot it's it's really interesting to me that they picked like this like kind of demon thing when this game has like very intense like catholic imagery throughout with like the confession booths yeah. and like the judgment and the shame but like he's like a weird catholic demon of like horniness and shame and it's his job to punish shitty men yeah. mm-hmm. well it is worth noting that catholic demon weird imagery is a constant in the Shin Megami Tensei and Persona games like since forever for sure right like that's something that Atlas is like extremely into is like weird angels that look like monsters and like a church but scary Um, (laughs) and stuff like that that's like definitely their whole bag but yeah this game is is similarly loaded with it for sure and it's like yeah I don't know I just like I love how psychological the game is for so much of it and mm-hmm. then at the end, they're like, but actually it's magic. And this woman is a demon. And it's just like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah, it does make it a little less like it would be really interesting what it would look like if this really all was just like insane, like interior, like psychic manifestations, like 
it kind of like is a bit of a disappointing look behind the curtain. It's like, no, like this actually was all really crazy stuff. This wasn't just a weird series of like coincidence or like human machinations. It definitely makes the main character less of a douche, which I kind of like don't like. It's like, oh, it's like, well, it really his fault that he was cheating on his girlfriend, right? Yeah. It like kind of like makes him yeah, I retroactively like he, a better guy. Yeah, I like that yeah. he's a shitty guy who learns a lesson. I don't like that he's like a shitty guy who avoids like some weird psychic monster. Like yeah. that's not as interesting to me. But it's like not it's not his fault. He's like hypnotized. He's like a yeah. succubus. Exactly. In the ending that I got, which is like the lawful good, like the most goody two shoes ending that you could get, they literally explain to Catherine, they're like li- like Mutton and all of Vincent's friends are like, listen, here's what's happening. It wasn't his fault. And she like accepts that verbatim and is like, okay, like, you're right. All of this was out of your control. Of course I will marry you. And it's like, what? Like, like a demon and a succubus didn't make you not have an honest conversation with your partner five years. (laughs) You've had plenty of time to not be hypnotized and take care of this shit. Exactly. Like a single, frankly, like a single phone call. A single phone call would have been excellent. <laughs> yeah, but instead you get to a weird uh, hell world. But yeah, I, I also think that like, so the way the puzzles, like the, the basically game of the puzzles is like you're pulling blocks around to create stairs. And at certain points, the blocks have like ice power or right. launching power mm-hmm. or like they're fragile or like they're other shit. Um, and I really like that in particular. Obviously, there's like this, you know, sort of on the nose, like, Climbing to solve your problem imagery, um, which is, you know, whatever. But then it's just like, I love a game that takes a super simple mechanic and that's the whole thing. And they just keep like flavoring it in interesting way. Like the way you mentioned the witness earlier, the Mm. witness spends a lot of its time with just like these simple line puzzles, but adds like interesting turns on them all, all across. And this game does that too, which is like, I think some really high level game design. I very much like a simple game or like a simple concept made complicated by mechanics rather than like, a super complicated fucking idea. Um, except mm-hmm. for there's a game coming out soon. That's just about uh Spider-Man swinging from different like weird structures. That's a super complicated idea that I'm into, but generally I like these like sort of simple. Really? Puzzle Cause games. that sounds simple as shit. If you look at the, if you look at the, if you look at the designs, they're very, it's like very like weird overcomplicated levels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we, we, well, so, so I guess we're talking about the puzzles. Uh, so we asked this question, to every guest, how do them sticks feel like the controls, it's pretty intuitive because you're doing the same structure all the time. You're doing this climbing motion. Like after your first take or two, like it's all fluid. It's all intuitive. It's all you're just soaring up those things. So, yeah, as somebody who doesn't play video games a ton, I can get very flustered when it's like, wait, which one is my gun and which one is switch and which one is like right. anything with like too many buttons. I can just be like, just kidding. I'm done and quit. <laughs> but this because it's so simple and straightforward. Yeah. And the like the challenges is in like the actual like the mental stuff that you're doing in like the problem solving, not in like the actual tactile mechanics. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I think it's great. And it feels good when you get going, like when you get a flow going and you're like bounding like yeah. up stuff like that. Oh, it's like a really fun rush. feeling. Yeah. That rush of like, oh, yeah, here we go. It's like when Sonic gets fast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, except not in 06. Except oh. not in 06. And then like. um yeah, like for me, what I don't like about puzzles is timers. Oh, uh, and so that's like the ultimate thing about this game. It might be just like a personal thing, but it's like I just like want to solve. Like, that's why I love the witness. I can just stare at it for a long time yeah. and like do the puzzles. But this is all about like better figure it out, better figure it out. Oh, you didn't figure it out quick Griffin, enough. You like shooting games. Shooting games are just super fast puzzles. <laughs> 
Yeah, but that's when I'm and like. And the answer is gun. But that's yeah, what I'm like. Exactly. I'm sorry. I've got a I've got a brain for like bullet time. Uh, you know, uh, like in the Sherlock Holmes movie where he's so smart that he can <laughs> outthink the punches. Sure. When he's like. Fist coming in 90 degrees. Yeah. I'll duck down. <laughs> yeah. See his stomach next to the pancreas. Strike yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's basically that you all scene. the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless you're playing the uh, Zumbinis. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, I really think that it's like, there's an idea. I was reading about this recently. Uh, this idea called like flow. Basically, the thing that happens like primarily in sports where they start noticing it in video games. And it's where like your brain just sort of like gets into a rhythm in a certain way that becomes right. like relaxing despite the fact the activity itself is stressful. Um, Absolutely. You know, like, like doing these puzzles and this game is like a peak flow game. Like it's sort of like Tetris in that way. We're like, once you get into a rhythm, it's like the most fun and relaxing sort of thing in the world. But all the work to get into that rhythm is extremely anxiety inducing. Oh, man, you're right. This yeah. is just like evil Tetris. Yeah. It's evil like, reverse it Tetris. It literally is. I mean, like if you want to talk about like this is like a horror puzzle game, which is like a wild series of words, which is that, yeah, like the like the soundtrack I love. It's perfectly designed to like keep your heart rate racing and like these really gruesome like monsters that are chasing you. They really like capture butts. that night. Yeah. Oh, the insane, the, the, like, the two horn, the, the tongue butt, the horny tongue butt yeah. is wild. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the, okay. that's okay, actually yeah. a really good way of just like, if you had to sum this game up to someone really quickly, you'd be like, it's the kind of game where there has a horny tongue butt and it kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a pretty good like category of game. In which horny tongue butt's not a word anyone's ever heard before, but when you hear it, you, your mind instantly sees the horny yeah. tongue. Previously yeah. unsaid sentences in human history. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, let's get into like the setting, the music. This game yeah. rock like any Atlas game. The setting of those like with the music and the art. Yeah, yeah, they're just like so fleshed out that like everywhere you go feels like a cohesive environment. The characters really feel like they belong there. There's like language and words that are all associated with it, and that we really feel like differently in all the settings, even the ones where we don't spend a lot of time, like the Chrono Rabbit, which is the cafe where you meet Catherine a couple of times, like they all feel very like meaningful and very real. And then like the level of detail in like the nightmare world compared to like this really fleshed out day world. It's just, it's awesome. It's, you could explore any Atlas game for hours and hours and hours and still find new things. Yeah, that is one of my only only gripes with it is in just comparison to like playing Persona 5, this game feels claustrophobic in a certain way. Like I can't I can't do anything but I, you're you're stuck in the bar the whole time. Right. This is this is like a small gripe. It's like you know, it's just really just the puzzles and then like these this like bar and like the texting. Um and so and like after playing Persona 5 first and having this big world to explore and, and, and having mo like more different types of vibes and having like upbeat vibes too. this felt a little more like confining and it felt like a side game in comparison, which I guess it is. Well, and it's yeah, definitely very much like a, a mood piece, like the whole game, like it's very much like going for a tone and sort of a sense of like, uh, it's going for like this sort of like weird, like kind of like, you know, this erotic horror tone. It wants that to be sort of the thing that you're feeling like the entire time, the sort of like mix of horniness and apprehension in like different doses <laughs> sort of throughout. The 2019 mood. Yeah, it's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, this um, game is ahead of its time for sure. Yeah, If this game, well, ooh, if this game came out now, it would either be like an extreme cult icon or so canceled. Um, uh, I, I feel very strongly that Catherine would be canceled today. Any of that's like as something like, it's a game that obviously like I love very much. 
Uh, their stuff. They tried to cancel it back then before they knew what canceling was. Yeah, that was before yeah. canceling was even invented. I don't, think, I don't also, think that's actually true. And with <laughs> and with Catherine Fullbody coming out in September, there's things I'm already arching my eyebrows at. Like, uh, if like the title. Like, <laughs> here's the thing: it's not even like the weird excessive horniness of this game that bothers me. Like, honestly, like my big niche thing is. Uh, the character of Erica, who, if we're talking about like their tendency to like swing big and like in some ways like be very profound and then in some ways be just screaming tone deaf, mm-hmm. would be Erica, where like she's like the waitress at the bar and she's like one of the guys and like they're kind of like talking about everything. And then in like a very tone deaf, like gotcha jump out, like they reveal that she's trans. And like they see, and then if you like rewatch it, like there's a lot of like weird jokes seated in there. And mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, like. You could you tried to do this very progressive thing by saying like oh like here's this character this whole time and you didn't know that she was trans but then they just make some like really gross jokes about her at the end and I know people have been bringing that back up with Catherine Full Body coming out because it deals with them um, partially going back in time to like when uh, Catherine and Vincent met in high school and. Some of the, I won't get like too like spoilery for people that like haven't been like digging in depth and are really looking forward to playing this game. But like there have been some things where people are worried about their treatment of Erica. Yeah, I mean, the difference uh, like, yeah. like American studios and J- Japanese studios, not, none of them know how to ta- talk about uh, trans topics. Mm. Uh, the only difference is, is that Japan still talks about them. America just doesn't touch them. Yeah. Like, like, well, except but, for like indie games do all the time. Indie games are like, okay. Yeah. But you have to like seek this out, but like, but like Japan will just like do it, whether they know what they're doing or not. Yes. Like, this is th- like, there's been so many like awful representations of like trans characters. Yeah, and also oh, yeah, it's, all, it's all the, it's all like the trap memes. It's all the like, or, you know what I mean? Just like the reveal. Yeah. yeah or it's, it's all very fetishy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all very fetish and creepy. The other thing about this game that I'll get to say is like kind of an ideological turnoff is just like the stark opposite like a lot of this game has characters who are basically like man women just generally bad yeah and then Vincent's <laughs> like, you know what kind of yeah and everyone's like great i'm not gonna die now and it's like it's like it's a weird this game has a like pro probationary state of incel energy that I'm not yeah. in love with. <laughs> Big um, incel energy. Probationary. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's not bad enough. At least it didn't strike me as bad enough as I played it that I would, like, bail on it. Um, I played it mostly to the end, but I it was enough that it was, like, in my head the whole time that, like, there's certainly people who've played this game and been like, now I'm going to shoot a woman. And it's like, like this uh, is justification for how I see women. Yeah, it's very, like, gender essentialist. It's very, like... Dudes don't like relationships. They just want a bone. And women are either like cold career bitches mm-hmm. or sluts. Like yeah. it's it's very reductive. It's very like, yeah. So it's so weird yeah. that a game that spends so much of its time like fixated on like gender and sexuality, like comes up like remarkably tone deaf most of the time. Yeah, and the main the main dude is like your classic incel, like a low tech employee somewhere, you know, like like just some random dude. When he's breaking up with Catherine with a C, he literally says he's like, I'm not good looking. I don't have a lot of money. There is no reason for you to be pursuing me. And like he doesn't even really have a personality. Yeah. Like 
we don't really know that much about him besides that he has a job he doesn't care very much about, a girlfriend he doesn't care very much about, a group of friends he does not seem to be very emotionally invested mm-hmm. in. Like, he is just the color beige. Yeah. Yeah, he's an extremely... Beige is a very but, good way to put it. But he's, those kind of dudes always fuck in anime and stuff. Like... I feel like it's like the audience insert, like the hot, yeah, it's like an the audience target situation, <laughs> like the the hot, like the hottest dudes in the anime is like say nothing and are like just like bl- kind of like bland, right? Mm-hmm. It's you know it depends on the anime, but sure that happens a lot. Like I feel like like Sasuke is like like everyone thinks Sasuke is so hot in Naruto and he like has no personality and <laughs> just like Sasuke's stands mad, dude. He's a bad boy. Yeah, he's a bad bad boy. Um, like bad boys say nothing. Yeah. Apparently. Bad boys are are seen but not heard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the the other thing with this game, the thing this game that this is what this game is so striking to me is like you said, it is super essentialist and reductive at sort of a macro level about like men and women. But then it paints very specific pictures of like the individual people in the game. Right. Like you've got like Johnny, who's like this weird sleazy car dealer guy and his like weird horny teenage, I guess not teenage, like weird horny like early twenties friend Tobias. Yeah. And like these was guys very were unclear like, about the relationship between the two of them, that this guy who's like clearly much younger and much more idealistic, who's obviously there like functionally to serve as a balance for like these like jaded older men. But it's just like, why do you guys keep bringing your weird 20, like 20 year old friend with you to the bar? Yeah, it's an extremely uncomfortable <laughs> situation. And all these guys, and there's like the cop, I forget his name. There's like all these dudes who have like pretty decent, like all characters with pretty decent stories and have like pretty nuanced approaches. Um, and like that keeps, like that's what kept me playing the game was like, these are all people I like to interact with. I would like them to not die um, mm-hmm. if I could avoid it. Um, but at the same time, it also, they all, none of them are that cool. They're all really right. specific, but they all also kind of really suck. And I don't yeah. know if that's like a really smart piece of design or just like a bad choice. Well, we'll have to make our final decisions after this commercial break. Ugh. Griffin, I got stains and they're not going away. Well, I don't know. Maybe go wash your clothes? Well, that's the thing about these stains. They're awfully persnickety, and I need some kind of situation <laughs> that'll help me deal with my persnickety, pernicious stains upon all my clothing. Wow. Uh, well, good thing that we at the Game Boys here, we have a new product that removes all stains. Um, all traces of any gamer Don't. evidence. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you were going to. You were about uh, to say. I'm, I'm not. This product is. All, all I'm saying is this product is multi-purpose. And well, what am I for snickety stains? What am I going to do about them? Tell me about the product. I just told you. There's this product. Okay, well, what's it called? Oh, uh, it's called. It's called uh, persnickety pains for your stains. And it means that, like, the stains are going to be in pain. It's oh. a kind of a play on words. Right, I've got these persistent persnickety stains, and you're trying to put them in persistent persnickety pain. I didn't come up with the product. They're just paying Sorry, us yeah, to sell it. Sorry, you're telling me to talk about, to use it on my dirty clothes. Yeah, this is just incredible copy I'm reading. So, yeah. it's a great thing. It can work for all sorts of stains. Uh, I'm curious why Lux's stains won't go away, but I won't out him. You can go to, you to the website, their website, stains.com. They got that one somehow, but they didn't. <laughs> but the, the product name is much longer. But stains.com is their whole is their web presence. It's very good. Um, but yeah, use go that. to stains.com. Use product code GameBoys at checkout to get ten percent off. And we'll see you guys back at the podcast. Hashtag Gamer Stain. 
Hey there, Internet. Welcome back to the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Deluxe. I'm still your host, your coach, Griffin Davis. Your guest is still Sarah Brown, and we are here. To, this is the part of the show where we rate that game, boys, girls, friends, and friends beyond the binary. We are going to go around in a circle starting with our guest, Sarah, and we are going to give this game our final thoughts and then a rating on a scale of one to five joysticks, one being the worst, five being the best, because we are back to normal because miserable May is over. The system makes Hallelujah. sense again. The system. <laughs> Yeah, trust the process. One trust. to five joysticks. Um, so Sarah, <laughs> give us your final thoughts and then your rating of this game. And we'll continue from there because you're our guest. So common courtesy dictates you go first. All right. So my final thoughts on this game are that it takes the most out of a few different genres and really like blends them in an interesting way. The best of puzzle games, the best of RPGs, of romance games, of horror games, and combines them into this like beautiful, unique baby, the likes of which we really haven't seen even among the other Atlas games. And because of that, and because of the investment it has in building its world and building a narrative and the time you spend in it is really worth all the time spent screaming at a tower of blocks <laughs> and so with that in mind i would give it can we do partial joysticks can i oh, give yeah. it four Fract and a half get as, get as <laughs> fractional as you damn well please <laughs> okay then i'm gonna give it 4.666 joysticks out of five. Hell yeah for Hell its demonic yeah. energy for its demonic energy for its catholic <laughs> demon energy knocking off a little bit because of just like the weird kind of tone deaf things that take you out of it that haven't aged as well and probably weren't even aged well at the time. But on a whole, it's a really excellent game that now we've talked about for so long. I really can't wait to go back and replay. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh yeah. You want to go next or want me to take this one? Uh, good luck. Go next. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, this is kind of an established thing on this game that I like anytime a game is super different from all other games. Anytime a game feels different and unique and weird, that's instantly a major plus for me. And this game is very much that <laughs> um, it super does what it's trying to do in a lot of ways. It's super duper fun. Um, if you can get past sort of the weird themes and weird energy floating around this game, it's a fucking blast. That said, there is like a weird field of like various sorts of negative energies I've associated with this game throughout the show, Incel, Zach Braff, etc. Um, <laughs> and that is not great. So for me, it's just going to be a flat four to five joystick, still super good, but there's definitely a sort of ideological overcoming you have to do to uh, deal with this game. Hell yeah. A fair score. Uh, yeah, this game, Thanks. this game's fun. It's intense. I'm bad at puzzles, but I found it to be fun anyways. Um, but yeah, the, the guess like for all the things that are unique and awesome about it there, it's also just like, I feel, I feel claustrophobic just being stuck in the bar after being persona. And I just like, I miss like the more upbeat nature of the characters. And like, I actually like people in persona whereas i don't <laughs> like most of the characters in this game Fair. uh so uh it's like a really cool like experiment and i like and and i and i will defend its weird horny incel nature because they're doing they're doing something weird but the story kind of falls flat at the end so i'm gonna have to give it uh three out of five joysticks uh which is still means i, I very much enjoyed this game oh also also if a game is gonna have texting in like flirting and I can't send emojis. That's like ninety percent of my game. But like, yeah, but the, it was two thousand eleven. Like, we didn't oh, have as much emoji technology. That's back true. Then. You're and right. Like the the kind of puzzling nature of assembling the text messages out of the responses, and I'm like, 
erasing them to get the better structure out of like different responses yeah. is super fun and cool. I actually really like that. I thought that yeah. was like the best, like one of the better ways of texting in a video game that I've seen done. But yeah. you know what? Stick around for Catherine full body. Maybe you can send the eggplant emoji. <laughs> Boy, what a truly gnarly title. Um, <laughs> really unacceptable to be honest. Um, do better uh, localization practices. Um, hey, be best. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that shakes my brain. Speaking of shaking my brain, we're done with the ratings. That means it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Made entirely out of segments. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the segment segment. This is the part where Griffin and I present our guests with segments, which are little games that we make up and then we all play together and we have a great time. Griffin, this week, what is your segment? Welcome back to the video game news segment. That's right. It's Toxic or Toxic, the, sh- the event where I read video game news and you tell me if it's Toxic, as in toxic gamer culture, gore, a bad incel, ah, or if it's do 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 toxic, as in the Britney Spears right. song, as in a slap and a banger and the voice of any generation. So here we go with Every the news. Call it a slap. Go from the guy. Uh, news and item number one. This one's gonna be an easy one, guys. Elon Musk got Cuphead working on a Tesla. Toxic. toxic. That, that's toxic. That's that's straight to the dump with that one. That's put on your put on your hazmat suits for that one. Yeah, that's fucking horrible. That's some 4chan shit. I don't care about like the le- like the least important thing in the entire world to me is making sure rich people can play Cuphead in the car. Uh, okay, fuck you, dude. I'm gonna play Skyrim on Mars. Okay, cool. Enjoy <laughs> playing Skyrim on Mers Mers Cunningham. <laughs> uh, someone used to call Skyrim Skyrim, uh, when I, and and they're gone now. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> <took a> good <laughs> uh, Very dark. <laughs> news number two. Uh, yikes, guys! Uh, a new game on Steam allows you to play as Trump, who gets to gun down Antifa and feminists. Toxic. Pretty that easy is like one. Definitionally, like that's literally <laughs> wow. the list of random words you say after <laughs> yeah. toxic and what's bad about it. Pretty that's toxic. The whole thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hearing let's, hearing that sentence took years off my life. Let's yeah, lighten it up. That was fucking awful to listen to. Uh, you are the dir- right. <laughs> I'm sorry. The directors of Avengers Endgame are adapting Magic: The Gathering for Netflix. I mean, you know what I'm gonna do. You know what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> You think they're gonna? I don't you think care they're gonna make I it epic? Give me all the Magic the Gathering content you can. I fucking love that shit, dude. Thoughts on Magic the Gathering? I would say you're toxic. I'm slipping under. Taste of your poison paradise. I'm addicted. Amazing. Nice. Uh, moving on. Uh, Dragon Quest Walk is like Pokemon Go, but with slimes. I don't know about this one, guys. For me, it's a toxic. I think Pokemon Go. Is the only should be the only garbage game like this. I mean, I don't know. I think it's the song. I think it's you know, I'm you toxic like it? now. Um, yeah. Slimes. Just I like, think. I think it's fun to have more AR games. Yeah, I mean, anything that's going to motivate me to leave my house, even if it is like fanatically for three weeks and then never again, like was my experience with Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. I'd say yeah, a banger. But like, yeah. in an alternate world where Britney Spears is less timeless and her bangers go away after three weeks. This might be yeah. one of the rare examples where it's it's neither toxic and it's just some right somewhere in the middle as a true neutral. Like yeah, uh, true neutral. I mean, it's I just think that the more yeah, <laughs> satisfying. The more augmented reality technology gets better, the closer we are to like truly fucking bonkatronic games of like citywide laser tag and shit. 
Which I am. That's the future. wide laser tag. <laughs> that's the future liberals want. Um, Hell yeah! And dude. as a far leftist, I want countrywide laser tag. Yes. I want it for everyone. <laughs> I don't have Socialized any kids or a house, tag. but I have a countrywide laser tag. I'm doing my uh, best okay. out here. Um, okay, and to cap it off, guys, Pokemon Sleep, the app which is expected to launch sometime next year, aims to turn sleeping into entertainment. <gasps> Um, this is absolutely the banger toxic. Yeah. Like, thank you, Pokemon, for being more invested in my health and well-being than literally any other structured entity in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, look, I'm not big into like corporate enterprises taking over my bodily functions, but if one of them has to do it, I'm glad it's Niantic and the Pokemon Corporation. <laughs> yes. Like, that's fine. Okay, and I originally was like, whoa, too invested into our brainwaves, the video games be. Uh, and then I was like, okay, you guys just sold me right there. I'm going to go as well for Pokemon Sleep and that caps out Toxic or Toxic. Which brings us to our next segment and it's a new segment. It's Ring Ring Ring. That's the casting call. We're going to cast the movie version of Catherine. Let's talk about it. We got a couple major roles. We got Catherine with a K. We got Vincent. We got Catherine with a C. Fuck it. Let's do Johnny and Erica too. That's enough. That's five people. That's probably too many. I probably just stuck at three, but it's too late. Yeah, that's already going to get us in trouble. Okay, let's just do the three main characters, Catherine, Johnny. Nope. Sorry, Catherine, Vincent, and Catherine. Okay, who is like the most beige man out there right now for for Vincent? For Vincent? Yeah, yeah. I said Zach Braff, but I think that's wrong. No, Zach Braff isn't, doesn't have the star power for what this movie needs, which is going to be a hundred million dollar weekend. Uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's like Ryan Gosling's kind of getting like too old. Sorry, Ryan. You have got to put him down. Uh, it has <laughs> to be said. to break it to your rag guy, but uh, not so fly. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's, it's okay. We like where you're going, but just, you know, give other people a shot. You know who might be good for this? The guy mm. who plays the werewolf in Twilight. Oh, Taylor Robert, Lautner. Robert. Oh, wait. Robert. Pa- no. no Taylor Robert Pattinson Lautner? is the. Yeah. Taylor Robert Lautner. Robert the vampire. Famously. Yeah. He's yeah. Batman. He's busy. No, but Taylor Lautner is extremely not busy. He hasn't been yeah, anything he's not doing anything. that movie about no. his parents or something getting kidnapped. Uh, but Taylor Lautner seems too, too much of like a good guy still. We need a. Uh, I want someone with like even like less. Of a honestly, point of view. honestly, here because I, I here I think it's gonna be like a Miles Teller type where it's like a lot of oh, people yeah. think he's cool, but woke people will be like, "That's a douche." Yeah, Miles uh, Teller is maybe a good call. He's got some personality, but he can sometimes just play blandly annoying so and I a think, lot of stuff. I, I think we'll, we'll 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 even though Miles Teller is t- I'm, this is a big get for Miles at this point in his career. You know, he's on the he's on the deep end. Uh, <laughs> I think we'll stick with Miles, and then we'll, what's the next character? All right, let's um, do- I have. I feel very strongly about C. Catherine. I would love to see Amanda Seyfried as her. Oh, good. Not hell. only okay, so, not only physically. Obviously, we've got the blonde hair, the blue eyes, but sure. also from her turn in Jennifer's body, we know she can handle the succubus horror. Absolutely, she always you know, does she seem to have a little bit of evil inside her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that is that is nailing it for yep. sure. That's it right there. Uh, and then Catherine with the K. Who you guys got for Catherine with the K? <laughs> wow. Um, uh, I was originally gonna say like uh, like Robin from How I Met Your Mother. Um, mm, like a Kobe but, Smolders. Like yeah, Kobe Smolders. Uh, but like I don't know. Like Miles Teller's like a, a little bit younger than her. And I don't like know how we're casting this now. Yeah, I think uh, you gotta age down a little bit. Age um, down a little bit. So a young up and comer. <laughs> Who's like a ve- who's like severe? Who can do se- who can pull off yeah. severe? Well, like we're talking like Aubrey Plaza, but she's too like weird and cool. Yeah, maybe. Damn, maybe I would love to. I would love to see her in, it, in that one movie. 
Elizabeth Olsen. Oh. Elizabeth Olsen can oh, play yeah, severe. Yeah, Have yeah, you seen the, Martha the, Marcy, the, May the Marlene? Lesser, yeah, yeah. The, oh, don't the worry. lesser Olsen, yeah. I've seen every Scarlet Witch action scene on YouTube. Don't worry. That's not what I was referring to, actually, <laughs> is the thing about that response. <laughs> Um, okay, well, if not Elizabeth Olsen, give me one. Give me one good. Man, okay, now I better understand how to do this segment. It's going to be way better next time because I have a whole new framework for it that we'll do. Okay, Anyways. cool. Um, <laughs> oh, she's I like, like, I think I was, I was just one more like Dark Horse contender. I would kind of love to see like Ali Wong as Catherine, even though like Ooh. I don't know if she's like the right thing, but definitely that like she knows what the fuck is going on and she's going to tell you how it's going on. Mm. I would love to see. And yeah. maybe just because all she, she wears glasses. <laughs> Ali Wong would be really good, I think. Ali Wong can be can has like a good can he even kind of plays like a severe intensity with like gradients in a really intense yeah. way, which is really good. Yeah. Who's the who's the girl in uh Bridesmaids that's like the Rose uh, Rose something? Rose Byrne? <sighs> Rose Byrne. Mm. She'd be good. Okay, that's why I said. I'd watch that. Um, all right. Well, That's I think I so. Wait, so far, our final casting is Miles Teller, Amanda Seyfried, and did we decide? Is, I, I think we should go with Ali Wong. Okay, we'll go. So we'll go, we'll go with plug Ali that Wong. into my special Hollywood calculator. And what do we get? What's, um, what do we get? I think we're looking at a solid sixty-eight <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, unpop the champagne. But what's the but what's the audience score? Is uh, it lit? Yeah, the audience score is lit. It's probably it's like a seventy. It's like a seventy-four. Hell yeah! Certified. Tomato. I don't remember the scores on tomatoes. And it we sure didn't is. get canceled. Yeah. And I think that segment pretty well for a new one that I thought of today. Anyways, <laughs> that's going to be the end of the show. Sarah, you've been a radical fucking yes, guest. Where so can good. people find more of you should they want to do so? If they would like to find more of me, the best place is Twitter. My handle is Sarah is not famous. My name is S-A-R-A. No H. Don't need it and don't want it. Otherwise, if, <laughs> if you are in Los Angeles, please come see Super Dating Simulator. We are the fourth Fridays of the month at Pack Theater or Squish. That sounds radical, Griff Dog. Yeah, you know, Game Boy's Pod on Instagram. And, you know, if you want to follow me personally, that's cool. Griffin P. Davis on all social media. Yeah, these plug parts, they don't really impact me that much. All right. Um, <laughs> they matter to me. Um, because <laughs> right now we're at PWR funding time. So go to igg.me slash at slash bioslam to donate to our body horror themed wrestling show that's going up on June 15th. That's in 11 days. I guess 10 days when this comes out. So donate and get a cool shirt or a bandana, or I think we have like a special cup this time. I don't actually remember, um, but we have cool shit for sure. Um, and the other cool thing that you get to do if you want, which is not involved PWR is follow me on Twitter, which is ML surfboard. Look at the videos on wisecrack and also PWR videos on Facebook. The wisecrack videos rather on YouTube. Check out not even a show to see me prank call people on the alt, right? And um, also if you want to be yeah, a part you, of this you guys show, stop calling me. I'm not part of the alt, right? Get me off that show. Yeah. yeah. If you want to see Frank call Griffin and say he's all right, go watch on even a show. Oh, oh, just kidding. Oh, we might do an emergency E3 pod coming up because E3 That's is, next week. Yeah. is next week. So we'll keep tuned for that as well. And if you like the show, please leave a review. I'll read it almost no matter what it says, as long as it's not fucked up or offensive or, uh, you know, one of the like racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, et cetera. Including this one we got recently from uh, from Dumb Dictionary, who writes, "Say this, it's a good show. I even laugh sometimes. I'm just leaving a review with words I want to hear you. Or I want to hear them say, and I now will now try to say these words. Some of them are hard. Otor nope. Otor nope. 
Otor Hynolaryngeal. Oh, are, they, are these Otor, real words? Yeah, Otor Otor Hynolaryngeal laryn, laryngealist, rural Worcestershire. No, it's Worcestershire. It's Worcestershire. No, it's Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Okay, Ign- ignomious asterisk. Oh, what the fuck is this one? <laughs> Flush. I'm going to send this to you in the chat, Griffin. I want to get your thoughts on this word. Can we get a fire emoji in the chat, fam? Hey, chat. Hey, fam. Let's get a fire emoji going in the chat, if you don't mind. Jesus Christ. See, I told that's you. Not a real, oh. that, that's not a real word. Okay. Oh. Floxenachinifilipication. Yeah, I think you got it in one. Flipication, I guess. Um, next, we got That's exactly what I was going to say. Okay, worth the wait. Hey, look, man, I'm just trying to bring you into this because I'm the one who has the reviews pulled up and I didn't know how to say that word and I wanted to pawn that off on someone else because it was embarrassing. Thank you, Lux. Thank you to our audience. Thanks for, uh, thank the you for all the money. Thanks for help. Do it. We'll say more dumb words or say whatever you fucking want. Just give us five fucking stars. We'll do whatever. We're truly piss pigs for your for your approval. When they listen to the cut, they'll find out it was me. Um, And that, now that I've referred to us as piss pigs, as is tradition, we'll bring I'm us to the, the manager. What did you say? <laughs> I'm more of the manager. Um, sure, a piss manager. That, <laughs> um, that brings us to the end of the show for real this time. My name is Lux. I have been your host, your host, Griffin Davis. Your guest is Sarah Brown. Your editor and producer is Haley Clement. Your intro attributes by Matthew Morgan. Your art is by Brittany Metz. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. Catherine.